Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are back. Lake Hoopland's podcast, hosted by Lineside 2020. I'm Scott. I'm Brendan. And once again, running the channel. That's a World Cup term, Brendan. I don't know if you know that, but the World Cup's been on lately. Yeah, we're in the semis. Running the channel is Coach Joe Duffield, head coach of the men's Wildcats basketball program. Welcome again. Good evening. Thank you, guys. Hey, Coach. We, of course, are presented by Tritex Cabinets. You know, since the late 1960s, Brendan, Tritex Cabinets has been bringing custom cabinetry to the North Texas area with incredible quality and unsurpassed service. Tritex Cabinets began as a small custom cabinet shop called Dane's Custom Cabinets. So Dane was the family that ran it. Now, our friend and benefactor trey chapman uh, runs it but tritex is still a family-owned and operated business founded in 1967 they are one of the largest and longest operating cabinet businesses in north texas they are at tritexcabinets.com yeah so they uh bring the creative uh some functional design to your home through the finest grade custom quality cabinetry on the market uh, and so for new construction, remodeling, or renovation. There's none of that going on in our neighborhood. It's all that goes <laughs> on in this neighborhood. I think there's a rat problem, but we'll get to that later. Oh, that you know. <laughs> oh, so you know this. Rats are attracted to new lumber. Yeah, that's why I said that. I, well, I know, but the listener, the watcher may not know this. I think they're far more intelligent and intuitive than you give them credit they're for. They're far more intelligent <laughs> than us, that's for sure. That, that's no doubt there. Um, but Tritex is ready to uh, show you guys that are in the market how uh, well uh, custom cabinetry can improve the look and feel of your living spaces and uh, really get you lined up to be on the uh lake highlands parade of homes next year perhaps oh yeah when did that that just ended last weekend it did it was a party i felt like it's mardi gras around here when that, that <laughs> thing goes on people are throwing beads but there was beads going on i saw a few masks out there did you did you go to any of the homes i'm not invited into most people's homes uh, <laughs> i'm restricted mostly to basements there's no question about that i've been on that home tour a few times it's it's actually awesome uh, to see some of the really unique homes and obviously the Tritex cabinets that are within a lot of them. So let's get into the basketball. Uh, Brendan, I know you attended last Tuesday at the District Ombudsman uh, at Lake Highlands High School against the Jesuit Rangers. How was that one? The Rangers were uh, in attendance. The crowd attendance was fantastic so that we could all enjoy the balmy 82-degree weather inside the gym there <laughs> on uh, Tuesday night. It's like they kept turning the air conditioning on and then off. I think it w was it because the game was late. RSD says we don't turn the AC on after 8 p.m. Yeah, it, it was nice and warm, nice and toasty in the gym. Uh, it's more of a thing when, when the school switches over to heat, it's it's challenging. It's confusing. Turn the coolers back on, and uh, with the weather being in the in the high 70s, uh, the gym was warm. But it was also warm because we had a great crowd and uh, super fun to have a doubleheader with the girls. Uh, we're really appreciative of the, the coaches of Jesuit that, that allowed us to do that. Um, and actually, we moved that district game so that we could go to City of Palms. So uh, really thankful to be able to play that game and have the doubleheader. And the, and the crowd was amazing. Quick tease ahead. Uh, we will have Coach MJ on this show. Uh, the next episode will be the Lake Hooplands podcast with Coach MJ, the girls uh, varsity head coach. 
and the girls lost in overtime. Is that right? Or was it, it was, at the end of the game? It was game? at the end of the game. They okay. They, yeah, almost no, it was overtime. overtime. And, oh, it was and, okay. Uh, you know, of course, when you have a doubleheader, uh, the games go later. It's a school night. You didn't want it to get too late. But what happens? JV game uh, goes to overtime. <laughs> uh, and then the girls game also goes to overtime. So we started and ended a little bit late. But, yeah, the girls did drop that one to Arlington Martin. But – uh, they had their district home opener on Friday against Irving Nimitz and came away with a big win, 47-41 over Nimitz. Uh, so really happy that our girls are 1-0 to start district. And I think they're going to really get rolling here in district. And it'll be exciting to talk to Coach MJ about that. Excellent. Yeah, and I also thought it was a good primer uh, with the uh, balminess of the arena and probably getting you guys ready for the climate in Coral Gables uh, coming up. <laughs> yeah, we were just It's actually to get ready. in Fort Myers. I've been I've been promoing the wrong site in Florida. It's actually in Fort Myers, I've noticed. Oh, well, thank you for the correction on that. You're welcome, Mr. Woodard. <laughs> All right, so back to the Jesuit game. Uh, we, we noticed, uh, wow, what an effort, uh, very much a team effort. And just from my own observance, I love hearing uh, your players as well as you and your coaches interact with one another during the course of a game because Jesuit, uh, you know, is a very disciplined team. And they came out, and every time it looked like, you know, we were going to see the typical Wildcat run, um, it they would shrink that lead a little bit by staying disciplined. And what I loved hearing the most was, like, no panic going on uh, amongst teammates and nobody pointing fingers, just kind of being committed to doing what you do. Uh, Coach, do you feel like your team's just, with each passing game, just getting closer and closer together on the chemistry part? Yeah, I think our team's really close, and uh, they've been in a lot of battles together, and they, they, they don't panic. Um, they stay the course. And in the Jesuit game in particular, I was really, really happy with our guys' effort on the defensive end. Uh, the first quarter, I think it was 15-2, like 17-2. They got a bucket late, ended up being 17-4. to four, But um, Jesuit is very well coached. They, they usually don't beat themselves. They don't give you anything easy on the offensive end. You really have to work for things. Um, but I was most impressed with how our kids uh, defended as a team. Uh, we were kind of really went over a lot of things on the game plan, and, and our kids were ready for it. They were calling things out. They were all over it. Um, so that was probably, for me, as a coach, the most impressive thing from our kids that night. It definitely showed uh, uh, amongst us in the crowd as well uh, their cohesiveness. Uh, one of the things we, we did notice and wanted to highlight was uh, Jesuits program. Um, a younger program, uh, probably in the same kind of vein as the Hillcrest program was. You know, got a lot of sophomore talent in there, uh, one of which is uh, Caleb Steger, I believe that's how you say his name, uh, number 30 for those that were in attendance that looked like he was uh, hitting uh, just as far as, as Trey Johnson was on his threes, uh, just inside the half-court line almost, and was able to really keep Jesuit in the game with some key buckets uh, from good distance. Uh, understand he was offered by the Horn Frogs recently. Um, but, yeah, Trey goes for uh, a little over 30 points uh, Tuesday night. Uh, seemed to have everything really working on his game in all of the phases. Um, got to the free throw line quite a bit. Uh, is that something that you guys go over a lot uh, on in terms of, like, Trey, just take it to the rack, you're going to get to the line, and that's going to give us, you know, X amount of points per contest? Yeah, we. I mean, he's just really been focused on being a being a great all around player. And um, what a lot of teams this season have done is is try to be really physical with him. Um, 
you know, deny them, bump them. And, and a lot of times when you're getting pressured like that, uh, you need to penetrate. You need to get to the rim. You need to get to the, the, the paint and uh, take advantage of that over-aggressive defense. And, you know, he did a good job of that. He shot the ball well, used his size and length. And then, um, you know, defensively, we, we caused a lot of turnovers. We were able to get out in transition, and, and he did well there too. He's got great body control in the lane, which I think draws a lot of those fouls. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he's, his ability to work in in spaces. And, and I think this year, more than last year in his freshman year, he's understanding how to use his frame, you know, using his size and – you know, taking the hits, taking the bumps, and still being able to to, to score in there uh, with traffic and with physicality. Mm-hmm. So we noticed too uh, one thing that we that has not been seen uh, yet to date so far in the season was uh, Quentin had a little bit of a tough night. Uh, some shots weren't going in for him early, um, but he kind of stayed with it and and sort of finished really really strong. Um, are there things that you? tell a player of that caliber who obviously the talents there the track records there the experiences there all those things it just kind of seemed like it was an off night for him is there anything that you say to him in particular or do you just sort of like let it um you know naturally take its course and he's going to uh get more uh positive results from the, the effort he's putting in yeah, I mean, I mean, he maybe didn't have a huge scoring game that night with Jesuit, but he did have five blocks and five steals. Um, oh, and he I, did. You know, and, he and blocked he, that three-pointer yeah, in the corner. Oh, absolutely, my absolutely. God. And that I, dude I jumped out of the gym. Anybody that, that really follows our team, you know, last year, uh, Quentin was our second leading shot blocker. Um, so, obviously, Samson's 6'10 and going to block a lot of shots. But it's very unusual to have a point guard like Quentin, who's able to block shots, and he just has a knack for it. I mean, he's so quick, so quick off the ground. Um, he gets deflections, and um, so I did. I did feel like he did a great job of that. Um, and he just he just makes stuff happen, you know. And so, for any basketball player, I mean, I, it, it, there's going to be days where your shots falling and everything's going in, and there's going to be days where you you can't buy a bucket. Mm-hmm. And uh, what what great basketball players do is they find other ways to impact the game. And I, I think that's a good, good example of what Q did that night. You know, yeah. maybe if a shot wasn't falling, um, and he did hit some shots, but but he impacted the game a lot of other ways, especially on the defensive end. Right. Um, so there was a little bit of foul trouble in there, I guess, that was to be considered, um, you know, really more toward the early part of the game. What do you consider, you know, to be – quote-unquote foul trouble because that's a term that gets thrown around a lot and I know Scott and I talked during the game it's sort of like that's a um, a little bit of a subjective kind of term because sometimes you look at it of a who the player is b how much time's left in the game how deep is my bench at that position all those things so I just want we wanted to get your take on sort of what you would consider to be foul trouble and is that a sliding scale yeah, it's different with every kid um, and different with every situation. I think uh, we had a little bit of that in the Highland Park game Friday, too. Um, you know, it, typically, if a kid gets two in the first half, that's when you got to start kind of making decisions. You know, mm-hmm. so first quarter, second quarter, kid picks up two fouls. Um, you know, what what is the game situation? Do we have a big lead? Is it close? Are we down? Um, you know, who is the player? Is he – uh, experienced enough to play without fouling, you know, um, and uh, then it's just a feel thing. And, and sometimes you take the kid out for a few minutes, talk to him, hey, when you go back in, you need to be really smart. Um, you need to stay on your feet. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we don't need to be contesting anything. Um, 
And then in the second half, kind of the same thing. Uh, really, kid picks up that fourth. You know, that's when you're really looking at it again. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I, for me, it's a feel thing. It's a, it's a who is the player, what's the situation, um, and that's how we make those decisions. I, I often talking to my assistant, hey, what do you think? Uh, and a lot of times our, our assistant coaches will give us great feedback and help us with that as well. Well, that was a tremendous win. Um, interestingly enough, the uh, bucket uh, with seven seconds left, I think, uh, <laughs> Xavier make that one uh, to make it a 25-point game. And I know there were several uh, Lake Highlands alums that, that had the 24-and-a-half line going there that uh, breathed this, a deep sigh of relief. And uh, the crowd was really into that game. Uh, I noticed there were a few college scouts there as well. I think there might have been a gentleman from Gonzaga. Um he might have been looking to poach uh, Coach Joe. We'll, we'll see about You're that. You're going to take Mark Few's job? Is that uh, the next one? No, I don't have any plans to go to Spokane. <laughs> uh, That's a, a long coach. way away. It's more of a distance <laughs> thing. No, Yeah, so let's segue into the Highland Park game, as Coach Joe mentioned. A little bit of fouling and a little bit of interesting officiating going on there. Uh, but I'll say this about it. Big-time environment, loud Tons of Lake Highlands fans, tons of Lake Highlands students. Uh, kudos to you, community, Absolutely. for coming out for the game. I mean, you guys were there in force. Uh, we were actually stuck outside the door for maybe five minutes, and they, like, weren't letting people in. And I think they were, like, fixing something on a basket or something. I was like, wait a second. Is this, like, really, really sold out? Like, we're, like, not going to get in even though we bought tickets. Uh, but it was a fantastic environment. It felt like 1996. That's when I was there. Uh, it was it was awesome. Um, so, Highland Park came out just absolutely un unconscious. Uh, everything they shot went in. Uh, played great defense. You know, I think they did two things really well in the first half, and it, and it really led to a 39-27 lead uh, for the Scots. But they played box and one on Trey, and then they doubled him every time he touched it. So you turn Trey into a screener and a passer. You get rid of the offensive issues that he creates. And then the second thing they really did well, I thought, was make you play defense for a long time. And not in the four-corner sense. It's more just they just run a little bit of motion, and they just kind of keep screening and keep screening, and it kind of lulls you to sleep, and they get a bunch of layups. Um, you know, how do you – Teach those, teach our guys, like, hey, you got to be patient. You got to stay in front. You know, what are what are those sort of lessons learned uh, from that type of defense against Trey and then that type of offense that they ran? Yeah, uh, first off, yeah, big thank you to the Lake Highlands community fans, students. It was, uh, I mean, that was the high school basketball atmosphere and environment that you just love to see. Um, I was telling our kids after the game, man, this is, this is really like a playoff game, and um, you know, Highland Park has a great program, lots of history. The community has a lot of pride. And the team, they have a really good team. Coach Peeler is a great coach. Their their team has a lot of pride. And, and yeah, they came out and um, definitely were the better team in the first half. Um, they were ready to play. Um, I think it was really good for us to, to see that, the, the, the way they guarded us. I, maybe we'll see it some more, but I, I know that – uh, we're going to be a lot better uh, if somebody else tries to do that to us again. Um, I think we were able to run a lot of different things, see what works, see what doesn't. And uh, after watching film and, and practicing with the guys on Saturday, I know that we'll really be prepared for that the next time we see it. Um, you know, they had a good game plan. They shot the ball really, really well, mm -hmm. especially in the first quarter. Um, and, 
you know, I, I think uh, on the defensive side, we, we knew that they were going to do that. We had talked to our guys about, hey, you're going to have to defend for 30, 45 seconds and be really good. And, um, you know, I think as the game went on in the second half, I think, uh, you know, our defense really showed and, and the guys, you know, di- guarded really well for 30, 45 seconds and made everything tough for them. So it was a great game and a great experience for our players, and I think we're going to be a lot better because of that game. Yeah, it's always interesting to get a new type of defense that you don't see very often, and you probably won't see very much anyways, but it is always a unique situation like that. So 39-27 at half, Scotts. Uh, Lake Highlands comes back in the third quarter and really started firing on all cylinders. You know, was there a a really conscious effort to get it to Samson uh, at the beginning of that third quarter? Because I think he maybe got the first two or three buckets um, just because of the size advantage that we had inside. Yeah, that was something we definitely talked about at halftime. And um, with that type of defense they were playing, uh, we really felt like Samson needed to be a bigger presence uh, in and and around the rim. and he did a fantastic job, both ends. I mean, that's I think one the in first the, in seven the fantastic or eight, jar. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> that thing's getting really full. It yeah, really yeah. is. Um, no, I, 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 the first possession of the game was one of those possessions like you're talking about, not of the game, sorry, but of the third quarter where we had to guard him for about 30, 30 seconds, and uh, number fifteen for Highland Park went in uh, for a layup, and Sampson uh, blocked it off the glass, and that was the first possession, and then. Uh, very next possession, he gets the tip dunk mm-hmm. off of uh, Trey's mid-range jump shot. Um, and then, uh, again, we, we went stop, score, stop, score, stop, score, and, and maybe four minutes into the third, it's it's a tie game. And, uh, you know, just, just really proud of that, that response by our kids. But, yes, uh, we wanted to get Sampson going, and he was awesome. Yeah, super resilient again because um, that's our first halftime deficit since Duncanville. Uh, and so second for the year, and both times um, the Cats have really come out uh, in the third quarter on a different plane. Um, a lot of emotion in this game. You know, I thought in the first half with Highland Park on fire, uh, you made a move to Jair Williams, and he had a couple of plays in there, and he was fired up. Yeah. And I think that fired up the team. And in, And then in the second half, Quentin had a couple of plays where he buried a couple of threes, had a couple of steals, and was just really feeling it. Um, how do you kind of keep that emotion in check, but also drive with it? Yeah, uh, starting with Jair, uh, you know, I, I really we had a rough moment in the Jesuit game where he kind of <laughs> had a bust, and we were we were. Uh, you know we needed him to be a little better and and uh so proud of him in that game you know we put him back in I know it was late in the game but the, but they ran the same play and he defended it perfectly and um you know he's he's a first year varsity player even though he's a senior he's he's still learning things and he's grown up so much and we're so proud of him but um to see him come in the Highland Park game and he he did in the in the first half 15 had it rolling and when we put Jair in the first play uh 15 tried to take it to the basket he blocked it out of bounds uh made another great defensive play that led to a steal and then uh really a huge three that he hit in the corner mm-hmm. um and yeah that's uh, you know that I thought all our guys that came off the bench in the Highland Park game made really positive contributions and and that's huge and that's what it takes to to win tough games and uh, so very proud of Jair and uh, and what he brought to the table in that game. Um, 
lots of great buckets. Warren Hamilton had a couple of really, really key threes in that game to just kind of get us into that tie area in the third quarter. Uh, so a really great start to the district season with two wins, uh, one at home, one on the road, which leads us, of course, to our Marable Homes Player of the Week. Marable Homes, of course, a custom home builder in Lake Highlands, Highland Park, uh, Preston Hollow, Cedar Creek Lake. I spoke with Blake Marable the other day. I walked into his office. And if you are in the need of a home, uh, he's got an office right there at Audelia and Walnut Hill, right by Andy's, uh, our, our very uh, famous ice cream store. Uh, but walk in and talk to Blake, and he can get you set up. But our Marable Homes Player of the Week award goes to... Yeah, we were just talking about it. I, I, I think he's been uh, really solid for us all season, and, and uh, especially uh, in Friday night's game, I thought Warren Hamilton did a great job. Uh, had several steals, um, knocked down big threes, and, and so we're going to go with Warren Hamilton as the player of the week this week. So congratulations to Warren Hamilton, this week's Marable Homes Player of the Week, uh, owner of a $20 gift card to Andy's. Congratulations, Warren. All right, let's do a full court press with Coach Joe. Let's do that, Scott. Let's go with a Christmas theme. Yeah, since we are this will, season, this will be our last show uh, with Coach Joe until 2023, and so we did want to keep it Christmas themed here. How about this one to start off? This is an easy one. Well, it's an easy question to understand. <laughs> what is your favorite Christmas carol? Now, this can be a hymn. This you, can let be, me ask this real quick. Have you asked hard questions to understand ever in your life? Yeah, I, I think in episode <laughs> one, it took me like 30 seconds. I, I think I violated a shot clock <laughs> on one of those questions. But yeah, just nice and easy. Favorite Christmas carol, Coach? Oh, and man, please I'm, sing I a am, few bars. Yeah, I am not the uh, caroling type, uh, but I just, I mean, I got to go traditional and jingle bells. I mean, I... Uh, I know that's not the most uh, creative or best song, but but that's it's good. My the, favorite, my favorite. By yeah, the, it's really on brand for you. The arts, yeah. the arts program is really going to be impressed with yeah. that. I think we're going to go with Jingle Bells. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Scott? What do you got? You got anything uh, good up your sleeve over there? I love White Christmas um, uh, because my mom and I watch White Christmas the movie every Christmas, and so I love that one. But also on the. Uh, more fun side uh, grandma got run over by a reindeer oh, that's a great song yeah. okay it's the worst song that i know of <laughs> at christmas time it doesn't even make sense to me why are the grandparents so involved with with this it shouldn't be a parent who thing? makes grandma walk home exactly <laughs> like what's grandpa do? what's the what are the kids doing it's clearly dangerous out there with snow and ice ridiculous um. Yeah, I don't like it. I'm going to go with Hark the Herald Angels Sing, just because I'm more of a carol guy, a hymn type it's of guy. a really guy. long title, though. Yeah, well, they could look at shortening it, but uh, <laughs> maybe a little abbreviation. They could. Who's that, like preachers and stuff? Uh, you know. Who's <laughs> they? Yeah, a canon of sorts. A canon. Um, right. Favorite Christmas movie, Coach Joe? Oh, got to go National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, that is a popular one. Yeah. But I, I will I will throw it in there. Elf is is creeping up. I, I do that that's become an annual movie watch in, in our household. Have you watched the most recent uh Will Ferrell Christmas movie, Spirited? It's Will Ferrell no. and Ryan Reynolds. It's on Apple T V. No, I have to check that out. It's not bad. It's a musical, so you know, it's fine. It's All good. Right. Morris, favorite Christmas movie. Die Hard. Easy. Yes. Mm. Definitely a Christmas movie. 
There's no question. Although that might have been question five: Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Uh, I'm gonna say, man, those are. I, I like all three of those. I'm just gonna go a tie for all three: Die Hard and Elf and Christmas Vacation. All, all my favorites. How about this one, Coach Joe? Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? Ooh, uh, I, I'm more of a Christmas Day. I always, you know, the morning of Christmas is when we do a lot of the, the presents and things like that and getting together with the family. So I'm more Christmas Day. Very respectable. Plus, the NBA is now taking over uh, Christmas Day as well. Just like to point that out. And NFL's on Christmas Day this year. Is that true? Yeah, that's very oh, true. Great. I think all. it's on Christmas Eve also. The NFL is going to be on every day. For, uh, for you, Brendan? Uh, Christmas Eve. Like a little Christmas Eve uh, church service. I, th- I find that our meals are typically heartier on Christmas Eve, and by Christmas Day, everybody's just kind of blown out by that, by that point. Yeah, my wife's family has always done Christmas Eve gift opening. And when we got married, I was like, Christmas Eve? Wait, what? What's happening here? Because uh, I was always more of a Christmas Day person. And I'm going to go with Christmas Eve as well though uh, i think i've been converted uh, i like having a more relaxing christmas morning of course santa comes christmas eve night and so we still have some presents uh for the children but yeah christmas eve all right and he comes uh, as soon as you pick up grandma's carcass off the road i assume <laughs> that's right well that's more of a hit and run type of scenario yeah but uh, she still has to be picked up that's true all right, fondest memory of a Christmas gift that you gave or received. We're going to get deep here. Oh, man. Uh, goodness. Uh, man, I'll, I have to go way back in the vault. I was super excited because uh, my parents would never let me have a Nintendo, but one year for Christmas I got a Nintendo Game Boy, uh, and that was big. That was big in the Duffield household. See, the Game Boy Tetris. seems like yeah, the Game Boy seems like a more addictive tool than the actual Nintendo because you could take the Game Boy wherever you go. Very true. Like Very you'd true. you'd much rather Road have trips, the console, yeah. right? Uh, have you seen Eight Bit Christmas? It's no. Another okay, that's another great one. It's on Netflix. Homework. It's uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, it's a great movie. You watch a lot of TV over there, Mister Wooder. <laughs> I like to stay on top of content, Brendan, because I'm a content provider. Yes, you are. How about you, buddy? You got a a moment? Um, you know, I got engaged to my wife around Christmas, so that was uh, one of the best ones I've ever given. I think. Um, I, I don't. I would argue that you received a yes, so that was more of a receiving <laughs> thing than it is a giving thing. <laughs> That's actually very true. So I'm going to go with that as given and receiving. Receiving, receiving. is that a word? Reception. All right, go ahead. For me, yeah. Um, I surprised my entire family with a trip to the Sugar Bowl about th- four years ago when Georgia played Texas, and nice. uh, my kids went bananas for it, uh, just opening the tickets. Because your wife, of course, went to Georgia. She did. And you went to Texas. That's right. So that's a really nice gift. And it was a little trip down to the Big Easy, which is- um, Super you know, for kids. Sho- shocking <laughs> sometimes for, for children, but I still recommend doing it, and I wouldn't change a thing. How many passed out kids did you <laughs> did your kids say- uh, Dad, what's okay? wrong with that guy on the ground there? Yeah. How about the last one? The proudest, the- proudest New Year's resolution that actually happened. You Since we'll to- be going into New Year's, Coach. That's right. Man, you know, it's a funny thing as a basketball coach around Christmas time and, and New Year's, you're, you're so busy usually having tournaments, and uh, I'm not really a big resolution guy. Now, I will say when basketball season ends, that's usually as, as I hit my resolutions to, you know, get in better shape, exercise more. 
do all those things. So, um, yeah, you know, that's, that's the typical one for me, but I'm not a big new year's resolution guy. As our viewers can see, Brendan and I both don't ever complete new year's resolutions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've, I've completed a few, but they were very short. They were, there were, I would call term resolutions, meaning for a period of 30 days. (laughs) I can't do this for 30 days. I can't think of any resolution that I've actually like completed. Uh, we'll come up with something. All right. Let's get back into basketball. All right, let's preview uh, Richardson-Berkner, which will be our third district game. That's Tuesday night, this Tuesday, 12-13, at Berkner at 6 p.m., a little earlier start. So, Berkner, not so good to start the season, 4-9, and coming off a 28-point loss to Richardson uh, in a district game. What do you have to watch out for in games like this where – Maybe the team is just a little lower in, in, in terms of caliber, especially with the guys that you've been playing against and who you're going to look at uh, at the City of Palms tournament. Yeah, I mean, the, we're, we're definitely looking at it as a, as a district game, uh, and we're just trying to go 1-0 every game. And, and uh, I think the important thing for us is to kind of make a statement, just like we did with Jesuit and Highland Park, that um, you know we're, we're coming out and, and we're going to try to play our best basketball every night. And, uh, you know, it is uh, – Coach Petty does a good job uh, over there at Berkner. Sometimes they can do some different things and they'll throw some different things at you. So we'll need to be ready for that. Um, it is earlier start because of exam week, but mm-hmm. we'd love to uh, see the fans get over there on Tuesday night at, at 6 p.m. Um, then we turn our attention to uh, Coral Gables, a.k.a. <laughs> Fort Myers, Florida. <laughs> Um, it's really Fort Myers. If you want to fact check me, if I you think. want to go, it's not Coral Gables. You want to fly into Fort Myers. There you go. So, what does that travel look like for you, Coach? In the in the team activities and the practices and how that gets organized? You, you practicing in the Hyatt Ballroom? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they are going to give us, uh, I think, an hour of, of practice time a day out there. I'm not sure if it'll be in an arena or a high school gym or a ballroom um, or yeah, or the ballroom. <laughs> I think we're staying at the Spring Hill Suites. Oh, there you go. Uh, so I'm Marriott. Sure property kind of, uh, samson's gonna rip down a chandelier <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah we'll, we'll, we're gonna head out there on thursday uh, afternoon evening and we'll play that first game on on friday at, at 4 15 against newton from georgia who we had the opportunity to see play duncanville uh and they are they are very good so that's gonna be a great test in us. the late night game at the red river hoop fest that game started at like 10 o'clock at night it was super late uh but it was great that we were able to watch them in person um Obviously, the the kid going to UConn uh, is really really good. He had forty uh, and fouled out. Uh, oh gosh! The game, but he was he was uh, he, he was very impressive. Stephon Castle is yes. who we're, we're speaking of. Boy, he's going to have a rude awakening when he has to go play for uh, Dan Hurley at UConn. That guy's mean. <laughs> I don't think he's got anything on his dad, but um, <laughs> that, that Hurley family can uh, True. To get after you. They've got uh, another guy, Ja'Kai Newton, who is an Indiana commit. Uh, he's a senior this year. That's two programs. So Indiana and UConn, both no joke uh, these days in college basketball. So it's going to be very exciting to have those two guys play uh, against the Wildcats. Are we going to be able to watch that um, on a streaming service by any chance? Yeah, I hope so. I know the the final day of games will be on ESPN Plus, like if we're able to make it to the championship or third place or wherever. 
Um, that those will be televised. I'm sure there will be some streaming stuff going on. And not only is is Newton there, but the 16 team field is is just loaded. Oh, I so mean, this is like a legit tournament. So you'll have yes. multiple games. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll not f- like a not like a hoop fest type of thing. Correct. Yes. Okay. We're, cool. We're we're we're, we're going to play uh, four really really good basketball teams. Some of the best in the nation. Uh, be playing with a shot clock, so that'll be great for Ooh, our kids as interesting. well. Interesting. Uh, Hope, hope Texas can get on board with that uh, sooner rather than later. But, um, yeah, we're, we're, we are really excited about this opportunity, and, and I feel like we've had great preparation for it. We've played in some really big games, and uh, it's going to be really fun for our kids. So, Newton, of course, um, of course, the number six team in Georgia in their largest division, and they, uh, at the Red River Hoop Fest, lost to Duncanville by only four points. So, going to be a nice test. After Christmas, so we all do our – Christmas, hark the herald angels sing, and all the things. December 27th to the 29th, the Allen In-N-Out Invitational. Who are we looking at in that particular tournament? Uh, another really good tournament, a lot of good teams. Uh, we open up with Odessa Permian on the 27th. Ah, uh, Brendan's uh, old stomping grounds. That's right. Old mojo. Uh, and Brendan then, was friends with Booby Miles. Oh, yeah. Booby. <sighs> Uh, and then I think we'll play a winner of Plano East and uh, Lake Travis. So and, uh, two really good teams. Uh, Parkview, who we played from Arkansas, is in the tournament. Um, Highland Park and Richardson are in the tournament. We hope we don't have to play that. Yeah, no uh, but uh, but that'll be great. And, uh, and then we'll then we'll get into the district. Now is that called the In and Out Invitational because the In and Out Burger is the sponsor? Yes, they okay. are the their presenting sponsor, and the tournament uh, has been around for a little while. But they've done a really good job of bringing in uh, some of the best teams in the state. They always have a couple out of state teams as well, so um, it'll be a good, it'll be a great tournament. Because what goes better with basketball than, than cheeseburgers? <laughs> <laughs> That's right, animal style um, district. We got district coming up right after that, and of course we'll be we'll be back with another episode right when that gets going. Uh, but uh, what what do we what you've seen so far in these uh, first few weeks of the season? Um, who's who's the media sort of hyping up and in, in amongst the coaches? We are the uh, media. Yes, I understand that part, <laughs> so I know who we like. But uh, who 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 do we look to be the top three in district? I I, I just know obviously Highland Park and and, and Lake Highland certainly. Uh, are at the top of that, but maybe for some of the listeners that haven't seen as much, uh, who might they be keeping an eye out for? Yeah, definitely uh, Highland Park and Jesuit, who we just played this week, are both definitely going to be in the mix for playoff spots. Um, uh, I also think Richardson has a really good team. Uh, you know, obviously losing Kaysom Wallace and, and Rylan Griffin. Um, you know, those are two really big, big-time players. So they're they're a little different this year, uh, but they're still going to be very good. Um J.J. Pierce is going to be tough. Um, they have a really good guard going to Trinity. Ah, uh, Dean Balow, who's the a, Trinity who's a really Tigers. Um, and I, I think those kind of those kind of five are, are really the teams to watch. Well, I'll just buzz through this real quick because we do want to have a little highlight on the assistant coaches here. So listen up, Lake Highlands fans. New Year's Eve uh, at Irving MacArthur at 1 p.m. So get a little pre-bowl. Pre-college football playoff. High school basketball going on on New Year's Eve at Irving MacArthur. Tuesday, January 3rd, we're back in the Lake Highlands gym uh, against Richardson. So come on out to that one. I know you'll all be back. School starts the next day. 
Uh, so get to the gym at 7 p.m. on January 3rd. And then Friday, January 6th at Pierce. Uh, and then, so that's all of the stuff that's going to happen between this podcast and the next podcast. And the next one, we will dive a little bit further. I'll tell you this, January, I think has almost every game at home, which is great. It's great for the fans to come out and watch. And again, I will reiterate it. I said it last week. This is a special time in your life to see an incredible high school basketball product come to the games and be loud. So let's do a little assistant coaches preview. Um, we'll start with Richard Johnson. He goes by Rich. And that's Trey's dad, actually. But I did not know this. Rich coaches the freshman team. Mm-hmm. I attended the freshman game the other day because uh, I'm committed to this podcast <laughs> or my daughter's a freshman cheerleader. One of the two. They can both be true. <laughs> they can. Richard Johnson, in my mind, has now been sainted for having to deal with the officials <laughs> in that particular game. Those guys did not know the rules of basketball, which I found amazing. But let's talk about the nicer side of Richard. Uh, more the coach side of Richard uh, and, and how he came uh, to be on the staff and kind of what he offers in uh, the game plan and the scheming and things. Yeah, really appreciative you guys are, are you know giving us the opportunity to talk to about our staff. I, I really feel like this is by far the best coaching staff I, that I've ever had uh, as a high school coach. Um, every one of our assistant coaches brings so much to our program. Um, yeah, Coach Johnson, uh, this is his fourth year with us. Um, Coach Johnson and I worked together in Dallas ISD um, kind of many years ago and used to play in men's leagues, and he was a tremendous player back in the day, uh, obviously played in, at Baylor and Midwestern. Um, it was an all-state player at Garland High School. Um, <clears throat> so that, that experience and, and um, his basketball background is huge. Uh, but on top of that, um, you know, Coach Johnson is just a, a really good person. He um, is always looking to help kids out, um, you know, basketball players and just Lake Highland students in his classes. Um, and uh, he's got a great uh, ability to teach skill work, to, to teach um, the game. Uh, and, and he does a really, really good job with our freshmen. Last year his freshman team was 30-0. and 0, mm. um, And uh, – you know he's he's tough but fair and uh, he loves the kids um, and it's also really unique and special to have him on our staff because the our guys really get to see him as a father as well you know with Trey um, and just his commitment every day uh, you know to all of our kids but then also to Trey to to put in the extra work and and do the things in the gym it's just really fun for for our kids to see that and uh, so we're very fortunate to have him on our staff. He clearly doesn't have the problem I have, which my kid doesn't listen to me at all. <laughs> <laughs> I coach all of my kids' stuff, and they don't ever listen to me. Uh, he, that dude will get fired up. Uh, I love it. He's got a great passion for the game. We want to have him on. Uh, I think we, we uh, listeners, we're going to have a couple of the assistant coaches on, hopefully here in the next four or five episodes uh, of the Lake Hooplands podcast. So we're really excited to uh, talk to those guys. That would be great. Uh, also on staff, uh, which I 
had made mention to Scott during the summer while I was on a, a very nice beach vacation that Dominique Kirk was joining uh, the staff. And uh, many of you probably remember uh, Dominic as a very dominant player uh, at Texas A&M um, several whoop, years ago. Whoop. Yeah, whoop, whoop for that. Um, and so what's he brought? I mean, being a newcomer to the staff, uh, I really love how he interacts with the players. And it's not just a, hey, great job. You did a great job uh, driving the lane and getting to the basket. He is encouraging uh, matchups, space on the floor, feet movement. I mean, he is very uh, detail-oriented is what it appears to me. So uh, give a little bit about how that came to be on how he – uh, join the staff uh, for this season. Yeah, those are those are great insights on Coach Kirk. He, uh, you know, so <clears throat> I actually you know met Coach Johnson when we worked together at Brian Adams, and and I coached Coach uh, Dominique uh, his senior year at, at Brian Adams. I was a, an assistant coach there, and um, did Kenyon Martin go to Brian Adams also? Kenyon Martin yes. did go to Brian okay. Adams. Okay, we beat and, we beat um, them our senior year. Just saying. Played, Thanks, Scott. Uh, <laughs> Played with Dominique's <laughs> older brother, uh, Prep Kirk, who's a, a great player at Brian Adams too. But um, yeah, Dominique was an amazing player and is an even more amazing uh, person and human being. He's one of the hardest working kids I've ever coached, uh, and it was you know evident. He started every game at Texas A&M for Billy Gillespie, won a ton of games, uh, always kind of hung his hat on on his defense. Uh, mm-hmm. I think if you watched him at A&M, he was always guarding the other team's best player. And if you watch him on the sidelines, that is what he's fired up about all the time. Yep. Yeah, and it, it's been a blessing for us to bring him in, and he's done uh, so much for our team, and he is very focused on the defensive end and um, has brought a lot to the table. And then, um, you know, I've been trying to get him on board for, for many years, um, but uh, things finally worked out this summer. And uh, he's also just a great human being and does such a great job building relationships with our kids. And, you know, they, they, they look up to him. He spends extra time working with them. Um, and so we're, we're really fortunate to have him. Let me ask this. How important is it to have a guy that's that age – Right, he's a, he's a younger guy that played college basketball. He played in the NBA, so it's not like you're talking to, I don't know, Bill Bradley or something, right? But uh, you're you're talking to a, a contemporary, right? A bridge contemporary. How important is that for the guys to know what the college game is going to look like when they get there? Yeah, you can't. Um, I mean, that, that that's invaluable, really. I mean, to have somebody that the kids can look at and go, look, he's 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 been where I want to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, he knows what it takes. He knows what it's going to be like when, when, when I get there, if and when I get there. Um, and, you know, it, not only that, he's, he's just a great person. So, um, you know, we, we were really happy he's a part of our staff. Zach. Way. Haug. Haug. How you doing, Haug? Zach Haug <laughs> uh, is – he gets <laughs> – again, I say this a lot about every guy, and, and they're all passionate, right? And yes. it goes back to the family thing. It goes back to all the things that you're trying to build in this program. So how did Zach uh, come to be on the staff, and what's his role? Yeah, so um, Zach is another one. All, all, all these guys outside of Coach Johnson I actually coached. Uh, and so that's really special to have guys that, um, you know, that you coached that want to come back and work with you. And, and uh, Zach, I had the opportunity to coach uh, down in Austin. He went to Vista Ridge High School, uh, which was where I was at down in Austin. And um, 
he's got a great uh, love for the game of basketball. He was a, uh, a manager at Texas State when he was in college and so has always been connected with the game. And when, when I was the head coach at Vista Ridge in Austin, Zach would always come back and, and coach my teams in the summer and the spring. He just loved it. Um, he was always one of those – you know, there's some kids that you just know, hey, that, this kid's going to be a great coach. Mm-hmm. You can just tell. And Zach always had that. And um, so as soon as I could, I, I wanted to try to get him up here um, out of Austin. He spent one year coaching at Rouse High School uh, in Austin. And uh, when we had an opening, I went to Coach Jordan and said, hey, this is a kid we want. And what's funny, he coaches football too. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the foot, he's done such a great job with them. He just keeps getting more responsibility, and the football coaches love him. <laughs> You're like, hang on a second. But, yeah, like, this <laughs> You're is a coaching. basketball guy. Uh, but it's a testament to who he is as a person, and he loves our kids. He's got such a great heart, um, and he's always so positive, and, uh, and we're really fortunate to have him. And he, he does a great job with our JV, uh, coaches our JV team, and um, – and uh, you know he's just an awesome young man. Expect just found he's expecting his first child too here in a couple. Oh, months. So congratulations. congratulations to the Haug family! Excellent. And then we've got uh, Trey Stewart as well. Last but not least, the B team ninth grade coach. Yeah, so Trey is another one. I, I had the pleasure of coaching Trey while he was at Lake Highlands. And so the cool thing about about Coach Stewart, Trey Stewart, is that uh, he's a Lake Highlands grad. He, he grew up in Hamilton Park. Uh, you know, he went to all the Lake Highlands feeder schools, um, and <clears throat> he played uh, football and basketball his freshman year, uh, and then you know realized, hey, my my uh, wheelhouse is football, and so he was. Uh, uh, when I was an assistant coach at Lake Highlands, I, I coached uh, basketball and I coached the defensive line, if you can believe that. <laughs> uh, defensive tackles and defensive. Uh, I can believe Trey, that. Trey was an amazing. Uh, defensive lineman on some district championship teams uh and uh, another guy that's just a, a great person great for our kids great example and um you know I, I, each one of these guys brings something different to our our, our program and, and with trey it's kind of that lake highlands connection of hey this is a kid that was in your shoes walking these halls and and, and lake highlands means something to him uh, and he's doing a great job in, in both basketball and football. He's done a great job there as well. So, yeah, we'll hope to have a few of the assistant coaches on. Maybe we'll get a player or two on. You never know. Drive traffic for the content. That's what I say, Coach. Well, we're going to get out of your hair here. Uh, that was a great, great episode. Um, as I teased earlier, the next episode of the Lake Hooplands podcast will feature Coach MJ of the uh, girls' varsity team. You know, they had a very, very good team lined up. They had a very, very good schedule. Their three best players tore their ACLs uh, before the season started. So Coach MJ has been put in the position of starting a bunch of freshmen and a bunch of sophomores. So while you've got to take your medicine now – that's going to pay a ton of dividends uh, come next year and the following year. Uh, Aisha Taylor, a great, great sophomore player uh, for the team. So we'll have Coach MJ on. And before we leave, I always uh, have to close with uh, celebrating our presenting sponsor again. That's Tritex Cabinets, of course, at TritexCabinets.com. Uh, and I just wanted to finish today with talking a little bit about door style. Uh, because this is where the shaker comes in, Brendan, that we've talked about before, okay, mm-hmm. that you have no idea. 
Yeah, no, I'm waiting to hear Are more. Are you asleep? No, I'm waiting to hear more. I just want to see what, what you got going on Follow that. I thought you just had like a turkey sandwich or something. <laughs> oh, no, no tryptophan over here. So when you go to Tritax, and they, there are four selections to determine door style. Okay, this is the style of de- the design. That's a shaker or a louvered or a flat panel or a slab uh, inset. Those are just some of the styles that you can choose from. You can choose an inside run on the rails. You can choose an outside run or edge of the door rails. You can choose a center panel. It's raised or it's flat. They have so many options at Tritex that it's really incredible. And they will custom make whatever your heart desires. So please go to TritexCabinets.com or give Trey Chapman at Tritex Cabinets a call. They'll make a cabinet big enough to stick grandma's dead body in there. So. <laughs> They'll do that. I know Trey. You just tell him that that was my idea. <laughs> this is like a Costco scenario, a cradle to the grave type of deal. We'll sell you diapers and we'll sell you That's a right. casket. That's right. Uh, it's the whole thing. All right. Well, obviously follow Lake Hooplands on Twitter and Instagram at Lake Hooplands. Follow us on YouTube. We've got a sweet, sweet YouTube channel that whenever I upload the videos, it's going to be awesome. Uh, thank you, Brendan, for being here. <laughs> thank you, Scott, for directing, and thank you, Coach Joe, and we hope you have a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Absolutely. Thank you, Coach Joe. Thank you, guys. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to all of you out there, and we will see you next week.